Hey Real Life Church, this is Stuart Crane here and you're listening to um, our recording from last Sunday's Sunday night live meeting which is the first one of our live Sunday night evenings we're going to be doing uh, in this time of lockdown um, and the reason I'm talking to you now at this front end is because there was a little problem with the recording at the beginning, we didn't capture the first few minutes of it so I'm just going to fill you in what on what I said and then kind of leave off with the recording from the evening. Uh, what's going to be happening in our Sunday night live starting from next Next Sunday is uh, we're going to be starting a new sermon series um, on the parables. So we're calling it the stories Jesus told. So please tune in for that and follow along with us as we study some of the parables Jesus spoke um, out on their meaning for us today. So at the beginning of the sermon, what I do three times a year is I come back to the church and I remind us as a people uh, who we are and what God's called us to, uh, what we're about really and where we're going. And what I talked about on Sunday night was I reminded us of what we were about, uh, our purpose statement as a church and in that that we believe real life is about having a relationship with Jesus, following the model of Jesus and then changing our world with Jesus. We're all about Jesus. We're all about making his name known, making his name great. We believe Jesus is who he said he was. He is God the Son come to earth. He lived a perfect life. He died death on the cross in our place for our sin and he rose bodily from death he ascended into heaven he sent the holy spirit on us in the church to go out and proclaim the good news and that's what we're about as a church that's what we've always been about over the last 10 years that's what we're always going to be about in the future now where we're going as a church is that we believe god has called us to three things as a local church and that is that we would be large influential and reproducing large influential reproducing and we believe God has called us to be a large church to grow numerically large we started back in 2011 with eight adults and a child and we've now grown up to nearly over 250 with adults and kids all in and God has been true to his word for us and it's not just uh, for us what God's spoken to us but actually we see this in his word when we read the Bible we see that God's plan for his people was always to have a people that grow and multiply grow large from the creation mandate to Adam and Eve to go be fruitful multiply fill the earth to God's covenant with Abraham to make a great nation as many as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky and following the growth of God's people through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and his 12 sons and on into the nation of um, Israel as they take the promised land become the kingdom uh, but knowing it doesn't stop there the prophet said that actually the nation of Israel would be a light to the Gentiles there would be more there would be those be out outside the ethnic descendants of Abraham who would come and be God's people and we are living proof of that Jesus himself trained 12 men as the new Israel and sent them out into the world to proclaim the good news we follow the book of Acts and we see the church growing and multiplying by the power of the Holy Spirit and then if we look at the end of the Bible we find ourselves in Revelation and we see a great multitude that no one can number from every tribe and every people and every nation and every language and that is what we believe God's called us to to proclaim the good news of Jesus and to see as many people as possible come to know him and through that we will continue to grow and multiply larger and larger the second thing God has called us to is to be influential to be an influential church God has always used men and women for his purposes, we read it in scripture, we read about Joseph and Daniel and Esther and Nehemiah, all who are men and women who serve God <clears throat> where he had placed them in worldly power structures at the time. But they were all used to be influential for his kingdom and his purposes. And when Jesus came, he spoke to his followers and said, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And that we are to be like that. We are to be like salt that 
uh, brings out the taste, it prevents decay, that we are to be like the light shining in the darkness, pointing to God and all his goodness. And we are to be <clears throat> an influential people where we find ourselves as individuals, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our schools, in our social networks, but also as a corporate body, the church, to speak out the good news of Jesus and proclaim that to all who would hear. And the third thing is that we are to be a reproducing people. And that is that we don't believe God has blessed us and grown us just to be a holy club, a holy club and just to have everything kind of terminate on us. But we want to see men and women grow and train, be trained as disciples just like Jesus did, and then be sent out to fulfill the Great Commission. Um, we see it in the book of Acts as men and women filled with the Spirit. They go out, they plant churches, see many saved, and on and on the replication goes. And we believe God has called us to be a reproducing church uh, like that. And so that was how I began um, the sermon. And then what we're going to move on to now is some thoughts for our time now during COVID-19 and all that that means for us. So you're going to just join into the sermon now us as his people and we're still going to be pushing in praying in pressing into those things now the next thing i want to talk to you about is trying to get some perspective on what's happened over the last few weeks and months uh, with covid19 someone told me melanie keeps count i think it's 25 weeks since we haven't met as a church since lockdown began so we're getting on for six months the last uh, time that we met was the week before Mother's Day. So if you remember Mother's Day, we did that virtually. It was the week before was the last time we were together. And what happened was unexpected. No one saw it coming. Uh, when it hit, no one thought it would last this long. I don't know if you were one of those people like me who thought this will be done by Easter. We'll be back to school after Easter and so on. And we're still here. We're still in lockdown. We're still going through these motions. And no one knows what the future is going to hold uh, for us. When this is going to end. Are we going to have localized lockdown, second spike? Who knows? Uh, but what I want to look at is I want to look at some stages that we've been through just to try and orientate ourselves with what's going on. And then I want to bring a few bits of application for us at the end. And so... When you look at this crisis and you stand back, there are really three stages uh, that happen and that we find ourselves in. And these stages can overlap a little bit of fluidity for them, but I'm going to go through them one at a time to help us break it down. There's the response stage, there's the recovery stage, and there's the rebuilding stage. Response, recovery, and rebuild. And the first one is the response stage. And this really was the first few weeks and months of the lockdown when it happened. Uh, when the lockdown happened and uh, everything kind of stopped, we went into full emergency mode. Schools stopped, businesses stopped, shops closed, offices shut down. It was that you were told to go home and isolate. It was eerie. The only time you were really allowed out of your house was to have your little bit of exercise uh, once a day or possibly go to the shops. But if you didn't need to go, you didn't do that. And it was weird. If you could work from home, that suddenly became the norm. If that's if you were allowed to work, some people weren't even allowed to work because their business stopped. People got furloughed. And the only ones leaving the house for work were the key workers running vital services and helping stop the spread of the virus or delivering uh, things to your door or whatever. It was just, it was incredible. I couldn't believe it was happening. It was an unprecedented time. And everyone from governments all the way down went into full crisis mode. People were running really hard and we had to make decisions really quickly. We had the government shut everything down and bar the non-essential services. The airports got closed. We suddenly had daily briefings from the Prime Minister um, on our television and from other people we'd never heard of, but they were important in to do with public health. And we had to sit and listen to daily um, 
briefings by then. We had online shopping exploded. Uh, did you try booking a, um, a slot to get your shopping delivered and couldn't do it and had to wait up to the middle of the night? Who would have thought that toilet rolls and flowers power became such precious commodities uh, that people were panic buying and filling them up filling um, up their cupboards with them to make sure they had enough. School shut and everyone had to shift. All those parents had to shift the home learning. Just to be honest, that was pretty horrific in our house, but we managed it. But it was just one of those things that happened. Kids now learning at school. As a church, we shut Sunday down. Everything went online. We suddenly had to work out how to do YouTube and video edit and cut and all those things and work it all out together and balance our sound, upload it so you could get it. All our plans for... Easter and the following summer term had to be adapted on the fly. We had to do Mother's Day that first Sunday. We had to work out how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this virtually? We're going to put a sermon up. We're going to deliver all the Mother's Day gifts to our women in the church. We had messy Easter. We had to make at home. The Catalyst Festival didn't happen, but we did that at home. Our man versus mountain we had to do, but do it socially distanced with all the guys out in separate places. We ended up doing New Day at home in the summer with the youth camping in their gardens. As leaders, we were meeting weekly. We suddenly went to meet weekly and trying to get everyone connected into life groups, checking up on the vulnerable, make sure everyone's got everything. Um, life groups had to adapt, and it was just suddenly everything went online and everyone had to learn how to use Zoom. And we were having meetings like this in our life groups, trying to check each other out. And it was exhausting. People were running hard and basically responding to the crisis uh, the best they could. And I just want to stand here and just take a moment to thank all of you guys for working so hard in that season. Thank you so much for all that you're doing, particularly if you are key workers here and you served us so well in that season, those who worked in the NHS and some of the vital services just to make the country keep working at time. Thank you. Thank you guys in the church, our life group leaders who just were fantastic. We didn't even have to tell them. They just automatically got involved and they started connecting with their life group, pulling on everyone into Zoom meetings, checking them out finding out what's happened our kids and youth workers you suddenly had to adapt to making videos content to put out push out the kids because they couldn't do it in person thank you guys so much for all you did and that was the first few weeks it was just response to what was happening response to what's going on and everyone was just flying around trying to make it happen the second phase which we're kind of really in now which happens after sort of the first few weeks and months are over is the recovery phase and this period, we, we had the initial response, we all ran hard trying to make it all work. And then after the initial shock has happened, we seem to reflect and start to recover. And this is a really difficult season because in this season, we have to grieve the loss of all that we've gone through, all that we've gone through. And if you reflect back on what happened and what's happening, there'll be feelings of anger and disappointment and frustration and uncertainty and loneliness that kind of comes in uh, as we process all that we've lost over the last few weeks and months. And this loss can come in many forms, depending on your situation. There's the real loss of loved ones. Some of you lost uh, loved ones through the COVID-19, whether it was race directly or underlying issues, or just that people died during this season and you were unable to do a meaningful goodbye because we were limited for funerals and number of people at homes and we weren't able to mourn together and be with our family and be with those people just to to kind of comfort in this time and everything was shattered and broken and that was extremely difficult some of us lost uh, meaningful work 
being on furlough, suddenly a job you had, we're designed to work, that's how God made us, but suddenly we're off, we're working, we're at home, we've got kind of nothing to do. Some of us face the real threat of job loss and are still facing it, that's still coming. And there's a loss in there. Some of us lost special moments through the years, through those six months. We lost uh, birthdays we wanted to celebrate with our friends and families, anniversaries, holidays where we were planning to go somewhere and have a break together. All those at school lost their kind of final years. They're leaving. What, what does that mean? They get said by their friends to their teachers, their exams kind of just didn't happen, the stuff they'd studied for, prepped for, all gone. There were those who were planning weddings, they suddenly can have those who had children that um, have become part of the church, but they haven't been able to celebrate with us as a family or their close family because they just can't get together because of all the lockdown restrictions. All of us lost freedom and relationships when we're having to isolate and be separate from someone. We're not allowed to go near them and we're wearing masks and family meetups that would happen regularly cannot happen. There was no church. We couldn't get together. We couldn't see each other. We couldn't give each other a hug or put our hands on each other and pray for each other. There was no just going out and enjoying kind of the weather and with friends and family. Everything was kind of restricted and there were barriers. And this kind of leads to, to a great trauma, to feelings of anxiety, Tense up emotion and it will have consequences kind of on our me mental health at this time and just how do we process this and we still face an uncertain future we still don't know where it's going although some things are returning to normal the kids are kind of going back to school and kids going off to university work seems to be going back offices are starting to open up shops are starting to open up we can still lack confidence because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Is a second spike coming? Is the city going to get locked down and we're going to have to take a step back? And even when we, when we do go back, kids go back to school, we go back to work, things change. They don't look like they used to look. They look very different now. And what we need to do in this season is to process those feelings well. We need to be honest with how we're doing, with how we're feeling with what's gone on in our life. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest with our friends and family. And most importantly, we need to be honest towards God. Now, the good news is he already knows. There's nothing new to him, but we still need to process those feelings for you. And I want to challenge you here. I want to say to you, process those feelings well. How do you go about doing this? Well, let me give you some suggestions. First of all, take some time out with God. Take some time alone. Take a pen and a bit of paper and go and just spend some time and go into a room, go for a walk, do what it is you do, but spend some time alone and write down about all the situations and feelings um, that you've gone through. Work, write down the things that you've lost, the things that you've missed out on. Write down the feelings associated with them, the frustration, the anger, the uncertainty. Be as specific as you can. Once you've done that, share that with someone. It's great to share it with a close friend, a spouse, just so you can process it and then take it to God. Cry if you need to, shout if you need to, but bring your feelings before him at this situation as we look to kind of recover from what's happened, to pick ourselves up in this process. Do not neglect this. Do not just think, I'm just going to move on to the next thing. Everything's going to be all right and push these things down and not address them. Take them seriously. We are emotional beings and we have to process our emotions and deal with them properly. So I encourage you, I urge you do that. Make time this week to just process how you think God share it with someone. Take it to him in a time of prayer and lay it all out before him. 
in the last um, sort of stage, we've had uh, re uh, response recovery. The third one is rebuild. And this is something we're going to move in as we round out 2020, head into 2021. And we're going to have to start rebuilding our lives. And there's going to be new ways of doing things, uh, be new ways of working. Uh, some of you are already kind of experiencing this. There's going to be a lot more of video conferencing like this, where a lot of you'll be communicating, working in teams uh, over video. There's going to be a lot less travel, national and international, as people stay local uh, and rely on the technology to make up those gaps. Schools and colleges and universities are look radically different for the kids who are going back and getting involved in then social distance classrooms and lectures online, all those things, even church. Um, if, if we are allowed to move, get, uh, meet back together, it's going to have to look different as we process what's happened. Are we trying to abide by government guidelines? How we do kids work? How we do worship? It's all going to take time to work through, uh, to rebuild. And there's going to be so many questions we have, so many things. Uh, that are not answered yet, we just don't know. Um, and as we do that, we're going to be forced to examine our priorities about how we look at life, how we look at the world, because we've suddenly been shaken with a global pandemic, so our health suddenly becomes more of a priority, how we look after ourselves, how we look after others, uh, how we prioritise relationships and families. When it's taken from you and you can't have those times, you suddenly realise, man, they're important. We need to prioritise meeting together with people face-to-face -face whenever we can. Uh, this thing has so highlighted me, this situation, the importance of physically being together at church. It grieves me that we cannot meet together all together with the kids and young people and be God's family in this place together. Um, but I'm praying for that day to come through this, this whole season is also when we rebuild. Hopefully it's, it's provoked us in who we value in society, who we think is important. I don't know about you, but when the pandemic hit and lockdown happened, there were suddenly people who had been important who weren't important anymore. Celebrities, pop stars, sports stars. I couldn't care less about them. Suddenly key workers became very important. The guy who delivers my shopping to my door suddenly became very important. So hopefully it's valued, um, changes our value system in society that we can rebuild better as we come back. So there's some three stages we're kind of looking at at the time. Hopefully that will help us just reorientate kind of where we are. We've had a response to this pandemic. We've now in a recovery and we will look to rebuild as the weeks, the months roll out 2020 and into 2021. And as I kind of finish, I just want to bring a couple of bits of application for us now that we can roll into the autumn and into the winter to help us sort of navigate this time. There's just two things I want to share to you today. The first one is vital, is that, that in this time, as we're looking to recover and rebuild of what's happened is you need to stay connected to Jesus. You absolutely need to stay connected to Jesus. This is vital. We are not out of the woods yet. The initial shock we've had, we've got over it, but there is so much potential uh, for things to come. Um, we've got potential of second spike, potential of local lockdowns. The days are getting darker and colder, and in that people tend to draw in a bit more. We have difficulties in approaching with the end of furlough scheme, which has been a blessing to so many, um, that job losses will become increasingly uh, more likely in different business sectors, and uh, the threat of that is going to increase, and the only way we get to weather this storm is by holding on to our saviour. The only way we get to weather this storm is by holding on to our Saviour. You must, 
as an individual, prioritize your personal work with Jesus. You need to make daily Bible reading and praying an absolute top priority. Do whatever it takes to make this happen. Find a time that works for you, whether it's early in the morning, that works for me, or whether it's kind of late night, that works for my wife, Melanie. Whatever it is, find that time and do what it takes to make it work. Whether you want to read the Bible in the year or have a reading plan through the New Testament or just take a gospel and read through it slowly. Whatever it is, make sure something works for you. I'm currently reading through the book of Acts. I use a journal. I use these scripture journals, which I find super helpful. Um, so I've been reading through Acts since April, which I read a bit, take a few notes, and that's how I do it. But do whatever it takes works for you. If you are stuck... Find someone in your life group, ask them, ask them what they do, get them to help you. We are starting a series on the parables next week of Jesus. We'll mail out a list of some of those parables that you can start just reading through, looking at them, studying them, thinking about them. The parables are just little stories with a big idea. We'll read the little story, think, what's the big idea? What's God calling me to? What's God saying in this thing that I can then write down and make a note of that? But do whatever it takes to get regular daily Bible reading into your life. This should also be followed with prayer. Make sure you are a praying personally in this church make sure that you are crying out to god as your father regularly we did a series on the lord's prayer just before lockdown hit went through a whole bunch of things there go back and review that pray the lord's prayer daily go through it line by line pray into those things make that your own write your prayers out i find that helpful writing prayers out it means my mind doesn't wander do that but make sure that you are doing everything you can to stay connected to Jesus. Life groups, you are so important in this and just making sure, prodding people. How's it going? How are you doing? How are we walking together in this? The first, the first thing, stay connected to Jesus. The second thing, stay connected to his family. Stay connected to his family. We are not designed to do this alone. We absolutely need each other i'm so grateful thank you so much for turning up here uh, on zoom for our meeting in the night this the fact that you're doing it means you are staying you're doing what you can to stay connected with us we have our life groups meet on zoom we've got the, the sunday night live we're in now we've got the church of prayer which is this week i think on tuesday come get connected with us pray with us I know some of you find Zoom difficult. Here's the news flash. Everyone finds Zoom difficult. It's not easy. It's not an the thing. But make an effort. Get involved. Uh, we were at a life group just last uh, Thursday we met. It was fantastic just to see people. And it wasn't as good as being in person, being together in someone's home. But it was great just to see their faces and to pray together and to pray for one another. Do what you can to meet up uh, face to face. Um, outside these kind of contexts. We're allowed to, current government guidelines, if I'm correct, are we allowed to meet together as six adults from various households as long as we're outside, socially distance, or two households of any size can be outside, but also inside as long as they are socially distant. Make sure you use this. In this season, it's gonna become more and more important that we are still connected physically with one another. Make sure that you have a pair of wellies and a warm coat and a torch ready for the autumn winter because the days are going to get colder and they are going to get darker but we still need to meet up with one another why don't you try repurposing your sunday mornings normally sunday mornings we'd be going together the church but guess what we're not doing that anymore so we have a sunday morning slot in your diary where you can get together with people meet up go for get outside in the park why don't you invest in some things for your garden some chairs a fire pit 
that you can put some wood on so you can gather out when the, it's cold outside and have a little bit of warmth. We actually have two fire pits. If you want to borrow one, just be in touch and you can have one of ours, put it in your garden, invite some people around and have some fellowship and time together. Do what it takes to make sure you are meeting together regularly and you are connecting with one another, whether that's just a group of you, adults from different houses, or it's a couple of houses meeting together. Make sure you do it. Make sure you've got your equipment ready because we know what's coming in terms of the weather. This is England. It's going to get cold and wet. So make sure you're geared up for that. So there's the two things I want you to think about this. To make sure you are staying connected to Jesus and make sure you're staying connected to his family in the church. Okay, and I'm just going to finish now. Uh, Mel's going to come and share something. But before I finish, I just want to do one thing with you. And that is, I'd love you to take out a pen, go old school, and something to write on. Or, if you insist, a mobile phone. And so you've got something there. And I want you to write down now something that you're going to do out of this. So something that's happened that's been stirred through me talking. Oh, yeah, I need to... I need to do that. I need to dig out that reading plan to go with my Bible. I need to get my journal out again. I need to, I was going to make a date with those people to meet up. I was going to follow up there. I need to go and get my, dig out my winter coat, my wellies ready for getting out uh, in the not so great autumn weather we have here in the UK. Whatever it is, do it. Write it down now. And then what I'd love you to do is I'd love you to tell someone. Tell someone, just tell someone what you got. So you can stick it on. If you're brave, you can go to your WhatsApp, your life group WhatsApp, stick on there. This is what I feel I need to do. So you've got a bit of accountability and then someone come back in a week time, two weeks time and say, how do you do with that? Do something like that. Write it down. Share someone within your household. You might say, okay, let's just have a quick share of what those things are, what we need to do. But do that and make a stand. Say, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. We're in this recovery. We're going to move into a rebuilding phase. I need to stay connected to Jesus. and I need to stay connected to his family um, at this time. Mel, do you want to come in here if you're going to do that? Or are you going to do it from there? You're going to come in here. So Mel's going to move from the lounge to the kitchen in just a moment. She's going to share some stuff, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to finish. All right. Is it? Okay, hello Real Life Church. It's so lovely to see you all. Hi, hi. Um, I wanted to um, just say that we do intend to um, share the prophetic in this context and we didn't want you to think that because we're on Zoom we're chucking all that out the window and so we do intend to um, have the prophetic coming in and the now word of God um, we we want to work out ways to do that well and ways to do that so that we can weigh it properly and do it. it it's very different on this. So we just want time as leaders to just work this out. And we're chatting to a few prophetic people and we, we do just want, we want the now word of God, but we also want to honour the gift properly and make sure we're doing it in keeping with what the New Testament says about handling the prophetic. So we're going to ask you just to bear with us for a few weeks while we just work a few things out and we work out how to get it out. Um, and so for tonight, I just want to share something with you. I want to share something that God spoke to me about and I want to call you to respond. I, I love what Stuart shared and, and I want us to really hear that and really think, okay, I'm, I'm going to get nice and practical. I wrote down in my diary, I just wrote, you need to be more intentional with getting dates out there for people. So there's a load of people 
people I'd love to see wearing my fire pit and get out with. So that, that's what I'm doing really. Um, so I, I wanted to share with you over lockdown, God has been speaking to me loads out of this idea of little stories with big ideas. So he's been speaking to me loads about things that are little that have potential for big. And we've been out to loads of national trust places. Um, we, we are, I think we're like, like an advert for them, to be honest. I think they should hire us because we're a good advert for National Trust. Um, and every time we've been out, God has drawn my attention to oak trees. And I, I picked this up in one of the stops. It's, it's got a bit crispy at the moment. So we've got some tiny acorns um, on, on a branch with some leaves. And every time I look at acorns, I, it, it blows me away that a tree that, that can grow up to 45 metres tall and, and as wide as well would come out of something so small. It literally, it speaks to me so much of what God is like, but it also reminds me that there are little things that I can do that have big impact and there are little ways in which in which I can uh, be influential in ways that are beyond um, what I would expect so it can come from something as tiny as an acorn and grow into something quite huge and I think the kingdom of God is like that it, it takes little things like like something the size of a mustard seed that grows into something that the birds of the air can find there can find home can find refuge I, I think God is like that I think he delights to take little things and, and make something big out of them so I felt like God wanted to speak tonight to a few uh, groups of people so I'd like you to just in your lounge where you are if you are over 50 so you are over 50 years old I'd like you to just hold out your hands now I can't see you because of the way my screen split. So um, I'm assuming that there are some of you. Are there some of you who are over 50? Yeah, good. Charlotte's nodding at me. So I'm assuming what you mean, Charlotte, is there are people as opposed to you are over 50. Yes, because you look amazing if you're 50. So the thing about oak trees is they don't produce a good crop of acorns until they're at least 50 years old. So, uh, so to produce a good crop that then goes on to, to produce more trees, the, the, the oak tree needs to be around 50 years old. And I felt God really speak to me and say, some of your most fruitful years in ministry will be 50 plus. Yeah. Will be when you have, when you've been around a bit, when you've gained experience, when you've seen things that just delight your heart, that, that some of your best years will be that that the 50 plus years and I don't think we necessarily talk like that I think we talk like your best years are your 20s or your 30s or but in terms of ministry in terms of reaping a harvest in terms of passing on to the next generation I really felt God speak to me so if you're over 50 can you hold out your hands I feel like God just wants to meet with you and wants to challenge you and remind you that some of your most fruitful years are now so I pray, Lord Jesus, for our people who are over 50 years yeah. old. I thank you for their experience, for their yes. wealth, for the things yeah. that you have done in their lives. And I pray that some of your best years would come now. I pray that some the multiplying, that planting out, that investing in the young, that passing on to the next generation would be going over and over and over again. 
And I pray that we would see acorns that, that grow into mighty oaks coming out of these people, out of their lives, Lord Jesus. Then I felt God remind me that, that young trees, young oak trees grow into majestic adults. Like there's something about an oak tree that is majestic, that, but it needs to grow up. It needs to, it needs to get bigger. It needs to take root. So if you are under 50, I feel like God would ask you to stretch out your hands now. So if you are under 50, what God has in mind for you is majestic adults. So adults that would grow as tall as they are wide and would spread out and would see many people come and take refuge, many people come and take shelter. But you need to, in this season, grow up. And I don't mean that horribly. I mean that as in you need to grow taller, grow wider. You need to learn from the people around you. You need to take time to grow. And so I just pray that and speak that over you. I speak yeah. it over myself that it is time to grow up. It's time to grow wider. It's time to step into being majestic adults that actually people would find refuge in, in, in our branches, in under the shelter of, of great oak trees. So I pray that in, in Jesus' name. And then lastly, I just felt God remind me that oak trees grow as wide as they do tall. So most oak trees grow to about 45 metres tall and about 45 metres wide. They're such interesting trees. Like if that was a human being, that would be hilarious, really, if we were as tall as we were wide. But actually there was something about us spreading out. And I felt like in this next lockdown, in this, in this period now, we're to be thinking about being wide. And I don't mean putting on loads of weight because you're eating a lot because you're in lockdown. I mean thinking about stretching out our arms, thinking about gathering some other people in, just thinking about being wider. So I felt like God just wanted you where you are to just hold your hands out wider and ask him just to literally make your arms stretch out and gather others yeah. in that there would be something about us that would be as wide as we are tall there'd be something about us that wouldn't just be we're pointing up to heaven we're all about Jesus there'd be something about us that says actually we're reaching out and we're pulling you into that yeah. we're having you we're gathering you up we are we will be as wide as we are tall I felt that was almost a promise of God over us that we would be as a local church as wide as we are tall and so I pray you would come by your spirit God and make us as wide as we are tall help us increase our reach increase our gathering ability just help us Lord Jesus to be like the oak to reach out to stretch out to gather in Lord Jesus amen amen Oh, and I'm handing back to Jeremy. So, yeah, thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you so much, Stuart. Thank you so much, everybody, for for turning up. We we love you. Um, we 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 
love to be with you but this is this is awesome and and amazing and um i just wanted to to encourage you all to to remember those those two things that stuart highlighted for us is stay connected to jesus stay connected to jesus and stay connected to your family to your spiritual family do everything you can fight with everything that you have to stay connected to to jesus and and to his family um, as we go through this this period of of uh, recovery and and into rebuilding and yeah lord we just we just thank you for that that picture of that oak tree we thank you for for all of the promise that that holds and lord we we pray for your blessing and for your empowerment to do your work over this time in your name amen amen so um We'd, we'd like to close officially there. Um, you're, you're free to, to leave. We'd also like to 